0: OK, I'm glad you're here. Uh, I want to talk about the birthing process and uh, also this 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 connection see when we're talking about giving birth, there's there's the idea of sort of the more kind of traditional understanding of it of producing another human being. but but giving birth also applies to uh, our relationship with ourselves on an ongoing basis. Um, you have to kind of... Give birth to your own self, to, to whoever you are, whoever you want to be. Um, and all the more so, once you exist, this, this sort of um, mandate to, to continue to exist, but to continue to exist in an increasingly relevant, urgent form of yourself, all the more so demands you to, to take this idea seriously of, of, of giving birth to yourself. So, so, you know what's there's in, in the month of Shvat. We're we're not there yet. That's down the line. But um, we usually say this teaching when when Shvat comes. But I realized that. Well, let me tell you what the teaching is. You see, the the year can be divided up into uh, uh, three groups of four months right? Because 3 times 4 is 12. So, so if you take the first 4 months of the year so that would be Tishrei Cheshven, right, Kislev and Teves, right? That's the first 4 months. And then the first day of the next month would be the beginning of the next sort of category. Because you finish the first 4 months, right? The first third of the year, and now you're entering into the next one. So, interestingly, that's, that's so the next, the, the first month of the next category is, is the month of Shvat, And it says right in the five books, it says right in the Chumash itself, that Moshe Rabbeinu started saying over Sefer Devarim, the book of Deuteronomy, on the first day of the month of Shvat. So, we've talked about what that means exactly, the idea that, that Moshe is now saying over the Torah in the last book of the Torah. And there's all sorts of epic different teachings of that, but hopefully this is not a new concept and you're, you're, you're with me for the implications of this. But here's the teaching. So I heard in the name of the Or Gedaliahum. We actually learned it inside. And he said that, you know, if you divide up your body into thirds, so the first third of your body, just conventionally speaking, normally speaking, would go from your head to your heart. So that's, that's, that's interesting. So in other words, when is Moshe now able to sort of start initiating saying Torah? That's that's once the head has now gone down into the heart. Then the next day he can begin begin saying this Torah because this fusion has been created between the mind and the heart, right? Because the first third of the year, the fir- which you know correlates with the body. The mind and the heart. So, why am am I telling you all this? Because it seems to me... So we always sort of like celebrate that moment. It's sort of like, wow, it's the first day of the month of Shvat. The head and the heart are coming together. This is like a big deal. Right? But then it sort of hit me. Well, you know what's probably an equally big deal? Or perhaps arguably a bigger deal? That formative period, when the head is on the way to the heart... (laughs) Like, what about paying attention at the moment while you can still do something about it? And we can always do something about it, by the way. These are just sort of like milestones in the year. But nonetheless, why not, why not be mindful of it while it's happening, instead of saying, oh, I guess that's what was going on over the last couple of months, right? So, so this now is a period where the head and the heart are still coming together. And I think what that would mean practically, this is just me sort of like trying to understand the implications of this, I think, you know, I'll tell you something, tell you something personal. This last set of Yom Tovim, right, going through El, and Rosh Hashanah, and Yom Kippur, and Sukkot, and Oshonarab, and Shmini it was so filled with like different amazing little things and everything like that, and and someone even said in shul, they said, you know something, everyone is so inspired right now, write it down, write it down so that you don't forget. And I thought, wow, you know, there were so many, like, like highlights. I, I really have to write it down. And I, I haven't written it, I didn't write it down. And I was sort of, like, reviewing some of the things. And it's kind of, it's weird because I'm still trying to wrap my mind around what what happened. And I think that for most of us, it's sort of like, We go through this whirlwind, we don't write down what happened, we never wrap our minds around what happened, and then, just almost in a weird way, life just gets so busy that we just kind of move on, which helps us not to confront what it is that we just went through. Right? So... so. So I think that what that means then, this idea that we're still in the period of the year where the head and the heart are coming together, is we're still, I think, on some level, because the head is Rosh Hashanah, we're still trying to figure out, what was all that stuff that was flying through my soul? Like, I spent hours and hours and hours and days in shul, like, what was that exactly? What was that? So it's not too late to write it down, I hope for me, too, and to begin to make sense of it. But this is what I'm talking about in terms of the birthing process. This is, this is what I'm talking about in terms of, and I'm going to make a further distinction, and we're going to go into the sources in a moment, between conception and birth. Between conception and birth. OK, because obviously it's a, it's a two-stage process. Um, so anyway. Let's talk about conception right now. Because the Torah has an amazing, amazing word for conception. Um, so I'll give you... The, the first time I, it, that it appears in, 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 in the portion we're going to read the Shabbos, it says, V'tahar leah, it ben tikra, shmo ruven. Okay, and then it goes on. But, but in English that means, leah conceived... Right? That's conception. Leah conceived and bore, gave birth to a son. So these two words are back to back. Um, Vatahar and teled. And we're going to talk about both of those words. So do you want to hear what's kind of interesting about this word vatahar? That means to conceive. So that means when a person, when a woman is pregnant. So do you know what the word vatahar means literally? It has the word har in it, which means mountain. So, vatahar, to become pregnant in Hebrew, means to mountainize. Isn't that funny? Because it's sort of like that's the verb that's happening. Like, you're like becoming mountainized. Like the little mountain is forming on your stomach. Isn't that funny? Now, but it's deeper than that because I was thinking about it. And I thought, well, wait a second. Doesn't it say in the Gomorrah? that when you're inside your mother's womb, meaning when a woman is tahar, when a woman is mountainized, right, or has conceived, that the baby is learning the entire Torah from an angel. So if that's the case, and now keep in mind that what, what kind of mountain are we talking about on a woman? We're talking about a small mountain. Well, what was the smallest mountain? Mount Sinai. <laughs> right? Right? And you're learning the entire Torah. What happened at Mount Sinai? We learned the entire Torah. So there's like this Mount Sinai event happening, right? That's the Tahar, right to to mountain us, right? To become like the this small mountain, Mount Sinai. Okay. So So it's it's just it's, it's it's beautiful to see that. And then in terms of conception, if you want to think of it in terms of conception, what could be the most more divine to imagine conception as this moment when Hashem and the Jewish people are communing, right, at Mount Sinai? Like that is the isn't that the ultimate conception, right? And in fact, what do we call it? We say that that it was like this marriage that took place between us and God, right? So the idea of conception is is actually very much embedded. In the sources for what, how to describe what what type of experience happened there. So, so now let's talk about birth. So, th- this idea of birth comes in in the beginning of of Parshas Toldos that we that we just read, and this opening, this, this opening uh, verse is really famous um, because of how openly and extremely and just just like in your face, repetitive it is. Now remember, the Torah doesn't repeat a single letter, much less a single word, but to have the same concept said over twice within the same verse is, is very surprising, okay? So let me read it to you, it says, it says, Ve'ele told us Yitzhak, and these are the generations of Yitzchak ben Avraham. Yitzhak is the son of Avraham. And then within the same verse, now it says, Avraham gave birth to Yitzhak. Now it just said that these are the generations of Yitzhak, who's the son of Avraham. And then, within the same verse, Avraham gave birth to Yitzhak. So, so this is one of these examples. I don't know if Rashi actually says this here. I don't think he does, but Rashi says in certain places that this is crying out to be darshant. In other words, the verse itself is saying, "Explain me! <laughs> you all see how unnecessary this extra phrase was. Explain me!" So, so you know, I, I learned from Rabbi Green that there's in music you have certain things called um, virtuoso pieces. Virtuoso pieces are like like these great. Pieces of music where musicians can show off or demonstrate their their expertise and their mastery um, By playing them so well Those are called virtuoso pieces. So there's certain phrases certain verses in the Torah, which are also virtuoso pieces because because the greatest rabbis have made the most original and amazing comments all on the same verse all different and it's sort of like such a demonstration of, in a way, their greatness. You know, but of course of the Taurus infinity, um, even more so. Anyway, so, so one of the things, and we'll get back to this idea of birth in a moment. But one of the things that I want to point out is just to try to explain this interrelationship between Abraham and Yitzchak, because that's, that's, that's who we're talking about over here. And, you see, Avraham stands for a chesed, kindness. And so, a lot of times you'll see people make charts and things like this, and they'll put Avraham on the right. That's for kindness. And then they'll say, well, Yitzchak stands for Gevura or Din. That means judgment or strength or power, however you want to say it. And he's on the left. So you have Avraham is on the right, Yitzhak is on the left, and then Yaakov is in the middle, Right? He's sort of the fusion of the two. Okay, so, so I heard this story, which I like very much, which is that Reb Shlomo was um, teaching Torah and he was teaching uh, some, you know, very sort of esoteric things about the Sphirot and things like this. And someone who was there at the talk, like, sort of interrupted him and said, you know, where are your charts? Because a lot of times, you know, you you see like places like have charts with, you know, here's this sphere and there's where that sphere is and things like that. And Reb Shlomo said back to him, he says, you know, like, like, let's say you're touring Paris. Like, your tour guide doesn't have a map. Right? Your tour guide doesn't need a map. Why? Because your tour guide lives there. So he explained to them, I don't need charts because... This is where I live. <laughs> so there's something very beautiful about the idea that you know that the whole universe, right? That's your neighborhood. That's your neighborhood. So the the seen and unseen worlds are your is your neighborhood. You know that's that's where you live. You don't need a chart necessarily. By the way, having said that, sometimes charts help. <laughs> but but still, the, the 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 deeper idea there is is very good. So. So I learned from the Khadushairim um, something very beautiful, which is the idea that, you know what, it's a bit of a misrepresentation to say that Avraham's on the right and Yitzhak is on the left. Because the reality is, is that from Avraham flowed Yitzhak. And from Avraham in Yitzhak flowed Yaakov. In other words, it's all coming from one source. Or, to say it another way, the way Rabbi Freeman said it, actually, is that it's all coming from the right side. You see? So when we talk about Yitzchak, and I'll give you an example of practical halacha that we're going to learn from this idea, which is kind of cool to see, like what you would say, well, what's a practical halacha that I'm getting from this? It's a cool idea. There's actually something that I can do or not do based on this. So, stay tuned. But anyway, <laughs> the, the idea is, is that what the Jewish people stand for, what the Jewish people are trying to accomplish in this world, it's all coming from the right side. Right? And the concept of Yitzchak is the left side, but listen carefully, it is the left side, but it's, it's the left side within the right side. It's a very important distinction. It's not just a whole separate new idea, separate new category, the left side. It's, the, it's still under the umbrella of Chesed, of Avraham. But this is just the, right, the left side within the right side. Okay, so it's all flowing from this place of kindness. Now let me tell you the practical halakha based on this. When we wash our hands... This is the proper way to wash your hands, okay? And it includes an extra step that a lot of people leave out because they either don't know about it or they don't understand its importance. But you'll see, it's actually a very impactful little detail. And when you have this in mind, it's a beautiful thing to do, okay? What you do is you pick up the washing cup with your right hand, and then you pass it to your left hand, and then you begin washing. Okay, that's the step that people leave out. Usually they know I wash my right hand first, so I'm washing it from my left hand to my right hand. That's what most people understand. But they miss the step that goes before the washing, which is picking the cup up with the right hand and then passing it to the left hand. And then you begin the washing from the left hand to the right hand, okay? So let's let's understand the, the practical implications of that. You see, if I was just picking up the washing cup with my left hand and washing my right hand, and I was thinking that, remember, the left hand stands for gvora, or din, right? That means, like, strength, right? If the cleansing, right? Because anytime you've got water and you've got washing, we've got this idea of spiritual elevation, right? Cleansing, right? So, if the idea that cleansing, the source of cleansing is from the left side, then basically what this is saying, the, what this means is, you're going up to someone, maybe yourself, maybe someone else, and you're saying, yo, you've got to get your act together. Do you understand? You're, you're doing everything, you you do not have it right. Your life is off the tracks, you got to get it together. That would be the idea of cleansing from the left side, right? But what we do is something so much more beautiful than that. We're picking it up with the right side, passing it to the left side. And so the cleansing that's taking place is actually coming from the right side, not the left side. But it's like, so someone said to me, like we were going over this on Shabbos, and someone said to me, so he was trying to understand, okay, so it's really coming from the right side. So it it would be like, you've got to get your act together, darling. And I said, well, no, it would be more like, darling, you've got to get your act together. <laughs> right? So that's, that's, that, that's, that, that's a big idea. That, that's a big idea. Okay? And, again, the idea is that everything is flowing from the right side. Everything is flowing. Abraham is, is, is producing Yitzhak, who is producing Yaakov. And Yaakov, remember, is considered the greatest of the Avos because he is also simultaneously representing Avraham and Yitzchak. In other words, it's not just that Yaakov is better than Yitzchak or Yaakov is better than Avraham. That's not it. It's that Yaakov is Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Okay, now I saw this. This came to me one time a few years ago. And I always like this thought very, very much. You know, I love Alephs, right? So, by the way, so we say in Shmones, we say, Now listen carefully. Eloke Abraham, Eloke Yitzchak, Ve Eloke Yaakov. Okay, when it comes to Yaakov, we throw in a Vav. Okay? So, <clears throat> so remember, everybody knows that the letter Aleph, right, is actually composed of three letters. It's, it's a Yud above, and then we've got the diagonal Vav, and then we've got a, a Yud below, right? And of course, famously, that actually adds up to two Yuds and a Vav is 26, which is the gematria of Hashem's holiest name, Yudke Vavke. Okay? But now listen to this. The Aleph, I want to say, stands for Avraham. The upper Yud is Yitzchak, V-Yaakov. So you see within the Aleph, you have Avraham, Yitzchak, ve Yaakov. All contained within the Aleph, meaning Avraham, which is all contained within Hashem. Okay, so you see, again, just this dynamic flow. Dynamic flow. Okay? Okay, good. Now let's get back into this verse and the repetitiveness of this verse, or the seeming repetitiveness of this verse. So i just give you my own explanation. So I, what I think is very striking is we're talking about, it says, Ve'elei Todos. Todos means generations. So if you're going to talk about the generations, it would be appropriate to start with Avraham. Even if eventually we're going to talk more about Yitzchak, once you have this big sort of like grand introduction, Ve'elei Todos, and these are the generations, well, why not start with Avraham? And Avraham gave birth to Yitzchak. Now let's talk about Yitzchak, okay? But it doesn't say that. And I think this is very significant. It does not say that. It just says, Ve'elei todos Yitzchak. And to me, that was very sort of impactful because it's sort of like it's saying, you know something? Yitzchak is his own man. And in this version, every single one of us is Yitzhak, Meaning to say... It starts with you. It's not about your father. It's not about your father, or your mother for, the, for that matter. Right? It's, it's, it, it's about you. It begins with you. todos yitzchak. That's you. OK? Now the question is, now that it's you, how do you want to define yourself? And the greatness, or an aspect of the greatness of Yitzchak, is Yitzchak then goes on, the Pasuk, the verse goes on to say, Avraham holid es Yitzchak. Avraham gave birth to Yitzchak. In other words, at this point it's not just talking about biologically that Yitzchak is the son of Avraham. It's now talking about who does Yitzchak want to be? And, and the verse is telling us Yitzchak is choosing to be the son of Avraham. So now let's look at these words some more. Avraham es Yitzchak. Avraham gave birth to Yitzchak. So the first question that you might ask is, what happened to Sarah? <laughs> wasn't she like, wasn't she part of this picture? So the answer is, I, I think, is that you would have known that. You already know that. So the new information here is, is the role that Avraham played. Right? Now, by the way, that's also technical because, you know, it says the the mockers of the generation, you know, disputed um, Yitzchak's uh, lineage. Because not so long ago, Avraham had, uh, or Sarah had been in, in Avimelech's house. Right? Which is one of the miracles that happened that Hashem made Yitzchak's face identical to Avraham's. so that you know, you know, no one would even begin to have any sort of question, right? Um, I, I've never, I don't, I haven't seen this in a biology textbook, by the way, but my wife has pointed this out many times that you know, when when a baby is first born, its its face changes like over the first like few months, year, whatever it is, kind of. You know, like a lot of times you see people looking at a baby saying, who does he look like? Who does he look like? But according to my wife anyway, it usually begins looking like the father. So, interesting, interesting. Um, anyway, so so this word holid is the same word that we were looking at before, same root from, from Leah. When it's talking about, so now, now we talked about conception, now we're going to talk about birth. Mm-hmm. So, so it says, Abraham holid es Yitzchak. Well, the first thing that I want to say is that it's striking that the word es is there. Es is one of those very, very interesting words because it, it doesn't have to be there. It's not adding something new to the understanding of the phrase. So there's always something very sort of mystical whenever you see an S, especially since S is spelled tuff which is the first letter of the olive base and the last letter of the olive base, and usually it's what it's sort of like referring to on a deep level is all of the energies of the world, all of the divine energies of the world, as it says in the first pasuk of the Torah, um, Breshis bara es hashemaim vees haaretz. And and Rebbe Nachman of Breslov says that all the things that you see in the world, that you're wondering, when did God create that? Where does it say God created that? That's all referred to within this word S. Because that's Aleph through Taf. And we know that God created the world with the Hebrew letters, meaning to say these divine energies. Right? So it's all kind of being very cryptically referred to with this word S the beginning and the end, all the energy. So isn't it interesting that it says, Avraham holid es Yitzchak, meaning to say that Avraham, when he gave birth to Yitzchak, so to speak, that he put the entirety of himself into Yitzchak. Okay? So now, we were learning this during the week, and our beautiful friend Yehuda Mazjedi said the following. After I said what i just told you he just kind of lifted his head up off the page and said the following he says that if you take the words holid s the gematria of holid s which again means to give birth to or and with all the implications of the word s so take the gematria of holid s and subtract yitzchak from that number and believe it or not you get Avraham. you get the gematria Avraham. So the way we would understand that is if you were to put something in a kli, in a vessel, and then you take away the vessel, what's left is the contents that you put in the vessel. So if Abraham put all of himself into Yitzchak, if you subtract Yitzchak, what do you have left? Abraham! And you see this on a mathematical level. But I was giving this over at, at at a Shabbos table, and someone who's better than math at me said... Oh, well then, and this is true, he says, if you take Holid S, the gematria of Holid S, and you subtract Avraham, it's gematria (laughs) Yitzchak. It works the other way too. And further, and further, he said, this is because if you add Avraham and Yitzchak together, it's the gematria Holid S. (laughs) So now let's go back to us, right? Because ultimately the Torah is always talking about you, wherever you are, right now, right? And we began today by saying that we're in this period of the year, this is Rosh Chodesh Kislev, we're in this beginning of the year where it's still the first third of the year. This, You know, we're not at this point yet, which is Rosh Chodesh Shvat, right? where the mind and the heart, so to speak, have come together. We're still in that in-between stage where the mind and the heart are trying to come together. And and I'm saying also on a practical level, where we need to sort of like revisit what just ha- Like we were just through this like, you know, 10-car pileup of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, El, Simcha Star. Like we need to sit down and process what happened there. Right? So this is... We're still in this processing stage here, which, which, we, which we have to do. We have to do that. So, in keeping with all of these things, let's, let's now say that Avraham Yitzchak is the Gematria Holy Des, which which in English would be Avraham and Yitzchak gave birth to Dot, dot, dot. Us. (laughs) Us. You know, when we say in the beginning of Shemun Esrei, Blessed are you, Hashem, our God, and God of our forefathers, that means our our father. That means our biological father. God of Abraham, God of Yitzchak, God of Yaakov. I mean, we're literally, we're literally we're, we're literally, the, they're, they're children. They, they, this is accurate, this is accurate. When it says holy S, it's not just like, oh, we're part of this spiritual tradition that, you know, and these were the initiators of these ideas. No, there's a, there's, there's a biology to this. There's a biology to this. Remember, I, I, I mentioned to you that the, the New York Times published this study in genetics. A couple of people have emailed me saying, oh, can you send me the article? And I'm so happy because I have the article ready. I send it to them within like minutes of receiving like their email, and it's like, so great. So in this article, they basically, all Jews around the world, in all the four corners of the world, were all basically fourth cousins or fifth cousins, something like that. I mean, we're not just one family. We're one, like biologically speaking, very close family. you know? And this is, I think, part of the sweetness and greatness of of sort of like actually identifying with the Jewish people and being involved in the community and everything like that. People know this. If they've traveled around the world and you've walked into especially, you know, a shul, and you see that they're doing the exact same prayers and the people are doing... There's something so awesome about that, that you're literally walking into a family gathering. And I think it's one of the reasons why, you know if there's a hardship felt in a community in different places in the world, we really, we really feel this and we take responsibility for this because it, we, it's not just an abstract idea. It's like, wait, that's my family member. So having said that, we're all children of God. Would all people on earth, we're all children of God? This is, this is no less true for what I'm saying, but there are families as well. And, and, and we are a family. Um, so then, what does that mean? That Avraham Yitzchak, holy S, holy S, holy, they gave birth, now we can say S, the entirety of the program, from Aleph through Taf. Right? So let me just close on this thought. From Aleph through Taf, they gave birth to the entire holy, they, they were holy. S. They gave birth to S. Now, we began by saying S is us, the whole Jewish people, right? By the way, that includes converts as well. There's an awesome Zohar, awesome, awesome Zohar, that says that um, when Avraham and, 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 and Sarah were together, right, for many, many years, decades, 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 they didn't have any physical children. But is it possible that they, Abraham and Sarah, came together and nothing was produced? So the Zohar says that in all of those encounters that they had with each other, before the birth of a physical child, that they were actually producing souls. And what were those souls? Those were the souls of future converts. So, so you can also say, if a person is a convert, they can also understand that biologically... Biologically, Okay, it's a little more spiritual, but nonetheless, it's still biological. Biologically, they are absolutely the children of, of Abraham and Sarah. Um, so I want to just add one more thought. So what is this holiness? Well, you can say holides is Aleph through Taf. That's all of us. That's from the first generation to the last generation. You can say that. But I want to throw in another thought. And that's from the word breishis. Remember, basically the entire Torah is contained in the word breishis. Now we have, as we've discussed over the years, I'll try to go through it quickly because I'm sure you're familiar with it, but just to say it fast, we have a concept called atbash. So atbash is a system of exchanging letters that the Gomorrah brings in uh, Daf Kuv dalad In Gomorrah Shabbos, okay page 104 if you want to look it up, you'll see it's in the Gomorrah. So what is what is Atbash? So there's 22 letters of the olive bays. So just imagine a chart, right? We're talking about charts. Imagine this chart in your mind that you've got the first 11 letters in a line and underneath that you've got the next 11 letters so that you've got 11 groups of two letters, right? Well, of those 11 groups of two letters, you can switch them. You can substitute one for the other within the group, okay? So, at, bash, at, the aleph, the first letter is over the last letter, okay? So, you could exchange the tough for an aleph, or an aleph for a tough. Bash is the second letter, and the second to last letter. So, you could exchange bays for shin, or shin for bays. okay? So, this is from the Gomorrah, and that goes through the other uh, nine examples as well okay so so I heard uh, Rabbi Moshe Shapiro one of the Torah masters of the last generation explain the philosophy of Akbash in the following way okay because remember you're taking the first letter and substituting it with the last letter or you're taking the last letter and substituting it with the first letter okay so let's take that idea taking the last letter and substituting it with the first letter so like, give me a, more, a better example of that. Okay, so here's an example. Imagine I'm giving you directions to my house, and I say, okay, then you're gonna go up, you're gonna go down Olympic, and then you're gonna take a right, and I'm the third house on the left. Until I finish speaking, you don't know what the, what the, what the address is, do you understand? You have to wait till the person finishes speaking, and at the end, you'll understand the point that's being made. Or I'll give another example. Imagine you're giving someone a recipe. Until they get the last ingredient, they don't have the recipe. Right? A recipe is a whole... You need the whole thing, right? So... So, when the speaker finishes speaking... The listener understands the speaker. And then can go back and understand what they were saying from the beginning. In other words, when you reach, when you're speaking and explaining, and you reach the tough, the end, now the speaker can understand from the letter Aleph. Because they have the entire thought in their head. Because they've received the entire thing. Is that clear? So, he he uses... The, the, the person who translated it using, uses fancy words, don't get tied up with it, because ideally you understand the concept, but to just shorthand it, he's, he talks about um, uh, revealing and perceiving. So when you get all the information out, you have revealed it, right? And now the listener is in a place where they can perceive it or understand it. Okay, is that clear? Okay. So now, we did our homework, now we can actually say the thought. <laughs> okay. So, this is a lo- another level, and we'll end on this. The idea that, that Abraham and Yitzchak holy, S. Right? They gave birth to, holy. is gave birth to, they gave birth to S. What's S? What's S? Okay. So, what I want to say is if we look at the word bracis, and we understand that the entire torah is in, contained, and when we say the entire Torah is contained, that means all meaning, the history of the entire world, what we're doing here, why God made the world, everything everything is contained in the letter is contained in the word bracis. Well bracis ends with the letter tough, right? So when we get to the end, that's, the, that's revelation. When we get to the end, when we get to the point where Hashem has explained everything that he wants to explain, right? All of a sudden, that tough turns into, for us, an Aleph. We will then be able to perceive what God was up to this entire time. From the very beginning. In other words, in the word, with utilizing this this amazing tool that the sages gave us called Akbash, when we reach the letter Taf of Breshis, Taf will exchange with the letter Aleph, will understand what God was up to from the very beginning. And remember, Aleph is Gematria 26, which is Yudke Vavke, which is Hashem. In other words, at the end of creation, when we reach the letter Taf, We'll be able to perceive the Aleph. We'll be able to not just understand the world, but we'll understand God on a much deeper level. And who gave us these tools? Abraham, Yitzhak, Holid, gave birth to S. This amazing exchange, Aleph through Tuf, that's going to happen in the end of days. May they be soon, may it be now. Yeah.